Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Another fabulous six-point podcast. Rich, we love these, don't we? Coming into a Thursday with six points in the bag since the last pod. Uh, and what a vital six points they could be. Yeah, what a difference a week makes. Oh, absolutely. And let's, uh, let's point out that if we get another six-point podcast this time next week, we'll be back on top of the league again, which we'll talk about. Well, uh, will we? we? We might not be. We might not be because Hartlepool could be top. I'm not even thinking about Hartlepool, Rich. I'm just, it's just all about... However, however, if that, if that scenario does does happen, then Hartlepool will be top, but having played three more games than us. Yeah, it's it's a huge week coming up. They're all huge weeks at this time of the season. But um, first and foremost, you've had a chat with Gary this morning. Yeah. Um, he's been talking about the prospect of playing Sutton. He's been looking ahead to the Weymouth game and, and looking back a little bit on uh, a fabulous week. So uh, let's let's go off and hear from Gary first of all. Yeah, I, I I did I did talk to him on Tuesday actually, just just in case there's been any updates on injuries that he hasn't mentioned in the in the chat that might have come out before this podcast comes out. But uh yeah, we, we, we talked about the game and and, uh, and all things good I think. Okay Gary, thank you for joining us on the podcast. I guess the, the main question I have to ask is did you enjoy your Easter? Enjoyed the points. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the wins. I mean, obviously, it was a good Easter for us. And some teams, it wasn't a good Easter, and some it was an average one. But uh, for us, as far as points were concerned, it was a, a very, very good Easter. So, yes, I did. Thank you. And the players are getting a, a well deserved day off today, are they? Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's been a tough schedule, really, with, uh, you know, not a a big squad to choose from you know you can't sort of rest half the team and bring the other half in because we haven't got another half no but um yeah so they, they've got a well well deserved rest we've had some you know a few long trips recently and uh and they deserve their break i mean we we didn't particularly play well uh against Wrexham, um but it was a it was a real strong win it was like a, a very bubbly pitch again um, and both teams really sort of struggled to get any sort of pattern going. So it was just a matter of digging in and uh, hoping we could get that little bit of luck from the odd chance that we could get to stick it in the back of the net, which we did. And uh, it was nice to get it so late on because they didn't have a, a chance to come back into the game. Absolutely. You, you, you said digging in. I mean, that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? In, in both games at points, but... Um... Uh, it shows how much they really want to do this, doesn't it, the players? Well, it does. I mean, you know, the, 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 we've got a, a great group of players. We really have. And, and they're giving everything to the cause. Sometimes it doesn't look like it when they're not particularly performing to their potential. Um, but at this stage of the season, everybody is trying, especially the teams in and around the playoffs, you know, they're all trying to get themselves into a position for the last 10 games where, you know, they're in a position to compete for the playoffs or for automatic promotion. So sometimes when everybody's got that amount of passion, 
in the game, it can nullify a little bit of the quality. And that certainly was out of the case for us and Wrexham yesterday. But, you know, we saw Wrexham do very well against Notts County, got beat by the odd goal um, late on again mm. in, in their game. But we all watched it on TV. And Wrexham looked a, you know, a good team. And, and they looked like they was uh, bang on for a, a playoff place. But, yeah. So we had to stop that energy. And in fact, we started the game very well. Mm. And we, we, we did kill their enthusiasm at the same time, kept them out and got the winner. <clears throat> got the winner. So, uh, you know, we come away um, worthy of uh, the three points because of our relentlessness um, in keeping them out. Absolutely. I mean, the winner on Friday came from Danny Wright, which you must have been absolutely delighted with. And then, and then the winner came uh, on Monday from, from Sam Shering. So a defender scoring an important goal like that must have been as equally as, as delightful to see. Yeah, very much so. Is that dog allergic to me? Uh, <laughs> I've locked him out. He's not happy about it. <laughs> All right. No, it's, it's great for... I mean, the defence, um, Shez and Joe... In particular, you know, as uh, and Lawsy's come in, and now yeah. uh, Wince is coming back to, to his best. Um, they, they've played very well. In fact, the whole team is a, a solid unit has been defending well. Um, uh, but it was good that Shez got himself up there. He's a good striker of a ball. Mm. It was a long throw from Joe. So he was up there as well. It was a good touch from, from Billy Waters as well to bring the ball yeah, down. Billy, yeah, Billy had a good touch and then Scott, I think, had a, had a shot that was blocked and came to Shez. So we had it, enough people in there yeah. to give it a right go uh, for that you know, moment of uh, a, a long throw that we could put in the yeah. end of the box. Um, obviously, uh, confidence will be higher than it has been. I mean, I'm sure it's always been pretty good anyway. But confidence at the moment, after two wins, six points... And then seeing people like Sutton and Hartlepool drop points over the weekend, that's got to help going forward, isn't it? Does it? Does well, it? Does on. it? Does it make you play better? Well, I don't know. It, it obviously, um, it, everybody's under pressure at the moment to yeah. get results. Of course they are, and we knew that at some point. I mean, I think we've made up six points. Yeah. Back on Sutton over the last sort of three games. Now we knew that if they were to have a you know dicky spell that we've got to take we've got to make sure that we take advantage of that by winning games um I, in fact i called the lads over uh, connor was down um with a with an injury and he needed a bit of time to just recover from uh, yeah. it was a clash in knees yeah. so i don't think it's anything serious oh that's good news um, that was one of the yeah. questions i was going to ask yep yeah, that's right um and so i pulled all the lads over and I just said that at the time I pulled him over, Hartlepool were losing, Notts County were losing, yeah. and Sutton was still drawing. So, you know, I just said, we, at, at some stage, we're going to have to take a chance, take a risk, get people forward, and try and get this winner because of these results are happening. Yeah. So I just put that in their mind in the hope I could get another 5-10% out of them. Um, you know, with them in the knowledge that three points would have been so so handy, yeah. um, as opposed to only the one. And uh, you know, I don't think they went up 
five percent, but probably one and a half percent. <laughs> but it was enough. But it was enough. Yeah. yeah, it was enough to get you know numbers in the box and to realise uh, you know what was happening elsewhere. I'm not going to make any predictions, but when you look at the fixtures coming up now. You've got a, a game on Saturday. Sutton have their game where they should have been playing Dover, so they're not playing. And then you meet Sutton. Yeah, no, we, we're very aware of that. And I think I said um, four or five weeks ago uh, that you know there's a possibility, but by the time we play Sutton, that uh, if they have a dodgy spell with all yeah. their away games, etc., um, that you know we we could be playing to go back top of the league again. Yeah, and you know, Weymouth. Uh, yeah, Weymouth are not an easy, uh, you know, an easy game. Um, but if we were to win that, then that would be almost the case. Yeah. And uh, so, I'm pleased that we've, you know, we've followed up on our thoughts that uh, that could happen. Because Sutton's dodgy spell didn't come as quickly as we'd hoped, did it? No, it didn't. Um, but there's you know, still plenty of games to play. Yeah. I think they've drawn their last three. Of course, there's other teams. Knox County are, are still there or thereabouts. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Hartlepool are. But um, you know, we, we, we've got to chase the, the two that are above us. And it's all right having games in hand. You know, we had the shoe was on the other foot a few yeah. months, a couple of months ago. Yeah. But uh, you know, points in the bag are always handy. However. Um, you know, we're in a little run now, and I, I have kept saying that we've just got to start a run, keep it going, um, and we're not letting in goals, which is which is a I was thinking very that. good thing. Yeah, I was thinking that. Even apart from the Maidenhead game, Gary, even in in the games that we've lost and drawn, we haven't been letting in a lot of goals. No, we haven't, and we we decided to work very hard as we always do anyway. The Maidenhead game was a you know, ridiculous game as far as we let in four goals. That wasn't that wasn't us. Yeah. Um, and from then on, we've only let in, I think, one in five. So that sort of gives you an opportunity. And I think we won four out of five as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes you need a catalyst to get you concentrating again and everybody realising, you know, hold on a minute, we've got to now put a... A string of results together, and, uh, and that's that's what we've done. Do you think that uh, the catalyst was that Maidenhead game then? I think it was. We was all very disappointed that day, and you know, to let in four goals was, was ridiculous. Um, and so we had to close ranks a little bit, as far as our defending was concerned. Not go so gun ho everywhere, um, but there is a balance. Yeah. You know, we got to make sure we defend as a pack, and we got to make sure. We're not forgetting how to how, how to uh, attack in a pack. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, I appreciate it's um, it's Tuesday morning, and you probably haven't seen the players yet. But uh, any any news on the the couple of injuries? You said Connor was just a knee knock, which maybe isn't as bad as uh, as that. But but what about yeah, Benji? I don't, I don't think Connor's ligaments or anything like that. I think it was you know, just a clash of yeah. kneecaps. Painful. Yeah. That's right, and I couldn't afford him to be hobbling <laughs> around for the next sort of twenty minutes. Yeah, so, uh, I made the change, and then uh, and and Benji, we're we're assessing him. Yeah, this, uh, this morning, and we're in touch with Sunderland. So it wasn't it wasn't the same hamstring as 
a problem that he's had. Okay. Um, you know, over the last few months. So that's in a way a good thing. That's mm-hmm. still strong. And so we're hoping, you know, it might have been a touch of cramp, although it was early in the game, uh, or it might be just a, a slight tear, as they call it, which might be a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, Danny Wright, obviously, you took him off after 50 odd minutes. That, that, I'm, sure, I'm sure that was always the plan. Um, yeah, no, that's the plan. Yeah. You know, we'd love to have been five mil up. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Brought him off at half time or something, but. Um, he, he played an hour, you know, the game management is important for Dan because you can see how important yeah, he is to us. absolutely. You know, and uh, once again, he showed what he could do and he held the ball up for us and he was one of the only ones that was sort of keeping the ball on a regular basis uh, for a period of, the, quite a long period of the game. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I've said, you know, I was a bit disappointed that we, we gave the ball away too often, much more often than we you know we like and uh and some lads have got to you know go home have a little bit of a rest watch their game and try and find a, something in their minds that changes their thoughts yeah to you know start being a little bit more confident in their passing and in their game really you know just bringing the best the best out of their attacking game but all in all a good easter very good Easter, mate, and uh, you know it's, uh, it's 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 nice to look at the league table and see yeah. that we're yeah. we're in good form coming into uh, you know coming in a very uh, important end of the season. Brilliant, Gary. Thank you very much. Uh, you made my Easter anyway, and I'm sure a lot of other people. Oh, so uh, so uh, going forward, good luck. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Thanks Gary. Bye. Cheers. See you. So here we go then, into a, a, a big, big weekend. Uh, home to Weymouth on Saturday, which won't be a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. Then up on the plastic at Gander Green Lane at Sutton next Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, it, a couple of weeks ago when Gary said, by the time we get to the Sutton game, we want to be in a position where we can overtake them, it looked a bit of a, a, a bit of a long odds scenario for want of a better phrase that's very clumsy but you know what i mean it, it looked a bit of a a, a bit of a reach a bit of a pipe dream well. yeah no i mean uh, indeed i mean you know two weeks ago we were uh, i'm not sure exactly how many points behind Sutton we were um but uh we were certainly way behind them and uh and worried that our title aspirations were done uh, now, yeah. um, after a, a magnificent um, Easter weekend, uh, six points, and paired with Sutton's draw, Sutton drawing their last three games, not scoring yeah. a goal in the yeah. last two because they were both nil-nil draws, suddenly it's all set up for a big one next Tuesday night. Now, Sutton don't play Saturday because they were supposed to be playing Dover. So it's their turn to have a week yeah. off because of Dover. Uh, quitting um, so uh, we win at Weymouth on Saturday we're three points behind them and then we go to Saturn on Tuesday night um, our goal difference is still marginally not much but marginally better than uh, than theirs yeah. so we beat them on Tuesday night we go above them whatever happens uh, with Hartlepool who play obviously on Saturday and could go top um I haven't checked that Hartlepool are playing on Tuesday night, to be fair. That's that's an interesting one. 
Um, but we're 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 we're, um, we're four points behind Hartlepool as well. So, oh, I should double check that. <laughs> it's terrific to be part of a three-way scrap at the top of the table, though, isn't it? I mean, we we talked to a couple of weeks back about managing our expectations and the team having spoiled us a bit by going top of the league so early in the season. But to be part of a three-way tussle at the top of the table at this stage of the season is, is more than we could have dreamed of. We've only got 11 games left, do you realise? We Not have. Come up in the next few days. We have, and I've just live Googled, uh, Bertie told me to, as you heard, and um, <laughs> Hartlepool aren't playing Tuesday night. So, yeah, it's interesting. We could be top just if the scenarios go the right way on Tuesday night. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, we've got six home games left and five away, so it's pretty fairly good balance, good split. Um, as Gary was saying the other day, home and away doesn't matter quite so much now, but at least when you're at home, you're in familiar surroundings, you've got your COVID testing in place and all that sort of thing. So I, if, if we were dogs, Richard, we'd be going into the next few weeks, ears up, tail up, really looking forward to this. I think, um, you know, it's a, it, it's a really good situation to be in. What kind, of dog, gone, what, what kind of dog would you be? Oh, Jack Russell Terrier, oh, obviously. That's good, that's good. <laughs> that we've got this far into the podcast without mentioning Danny Wright, and mm. we'll, put that, we'll put that right um, here and now. You could not have written that script for Saturday's game, could you? Yes. You know, if you'd put it in one of the Rovers strips, um, you'd have been ridiculed for having a player out for three months, come on as a sub off the bench, unexpectedly fit again, earlier than expected, hats off to the talkie physio team for that and for Danny Wright himself for getting himself in that kind of condition. Um, um, but to come off the bench... I, I obviously it was it was absolutely marvellous and it couldn't have gone better. Yeah. However, I do have a problem with that term. You couldn't write it. If you can write the Matrix, <laughs> then you can write yeah. anything. True. Um, yeah. Things happen. Amazing things happen all the time, um, and that that yeah. that's an example of one. And uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where you when he came on and and. He changed the game because he held the ball up so well and yeah. caused them problems and they had to reevaluate what they were doing, um, Woking. Uh, they, they were a bit under strength as it was. Um, yeah. I don't think it was the right time for, for them to be playing us with the kind of uh, package that comes with playing us, albeit... A bit, of a, a bit of a strange one because they, they big it up themselves by putting stuff on their Twitter and all that business. Um, Talkie, just get on with it. You know, the, the rivalry is, is is bigged up by them and ignored, really, by Torquay, uh, as in the club yeah. rather than the fans. Um, and I, 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 when he came on, I almost felt he would score. It was just a matter of time when. Um, yeah. He just, just looked just at, he just goal, looked a class apart. just watched the goal again just before we've done the podcast and, and it's it's a fabulous goal I mean let's put it out there to begin with it was an awful game that Woking game it was it was dreadful it yeah. was um, I mean Woking I was very disappointed in Woking um, they came to keep 10 players behind the ball they tried to manage the game from the first minute by just keeping players behind <clears> the ball 
They showed no ambition to try and beat us whatsoever. Yeah. And they wanted to break down, I thought. I thought Torquay, you know, Torquay made hard work of breaking them down to begin with. I don't think Torquay were quite at their best. But Woking were dreadful, let's be honest. Um, you know, with, with respect to Woking fans, you, their team is better than that normally. They were just terrible. Yeah. Today. I know they were under strength. Um, but, the, I mean, the goal... It, it was so good on so many levels. I mean, Randall's bore into the box within what was it? Ron Atkinson used to call it the corridor of uncertainty yeah, between yeah. the keeper and his last defender. It was the perfect you know, position to put it into. That's right. It was a lovely ball into the near post. You've got two really good centre backs there. You've got Ben Gering and Musa Diara, both of whom are old, crusty old centre backs at this level. Know what they're doing, but Danny Wright got in between them, first to the ball just got enough on it to get it past the keeper and Bob's your uncle, three points, we're back in business. Of course, we watched this on live streaming and, and uh, maybe only had a couple of replays directly afterwards. It was He got there just before the goalie. It even looked like the goalie might have got a touch on it and it came back off of right. But actually looking at it again, it was just right getting there first in a... You know, and quicker than than anyone else. Now that's something we haven't had. That's something that we were expecting Billy Walters to bring to the team when Danny Wright was out. Yeah. And although he's yeah. done it a couple of times, uh, maybe not enough. But um, it shows the quality of Danny Wright, thirty-six-year-old striker who's been there, done it, knows how to play the game, knows what um, is needed at the right time, and can 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 get into a position, beat two old crusty, as you said, defenders like that to the ball. And, uh, and and actually make it look relatively easy. Now, when you talk about the defenders, when it happened live on the telly, you didn't really notice the defenders there because Danny Wright had gone past them so easily. However, when I was looking at pictures on Pinnacle to, to use in the newspaper, um, the defenders are right on him um, in the yeah. photos. And it's, it's, it's a quality touch. And he makes it look so easy, Guy. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen Joshua Moura try to not balls like that in over recent months. We've seen Billy Wright try to do it. We've seen Rob Street try and do it. It yeah. didn't ever look like he wasn't going to score that goal. No. I, I mean, it, it's just, I say, it's the, uh, it's the striker's craft, isn't it? I mean, that's what, that's what he brings to your team. I know I didn't watch the whole of the stream of the Wrexham game. I watched the highlights of the Wrexham game. But, I, you know, he was, he was in the in creator mode more than anything else in the Wrexham game. Yeah, he didn't have quite such a good game, I didn't think. And Gary says that as well in the interview. Um, but, you know, this is a guy who has been out since Boxing Day. Um, hasn't played a full 90 minutes of football at all yet. He only ever, only ever played a half in the in the friendly against Exeter before the, the, the Woking game. Played 55, 60 minutes or whatever it was. No, it wasn't even that because he came on in the second half, didn't he? So... Thirty thirty odd minutes in the in his first game, and then fifty six or fifty eight or something minutes. I don't know what it was in the in the second game. Um, he still looked strong and confident up front. He looked like he was a menace. He looked like he kept the um, the Wrexham players busy. Um, we didn't really supply him with much. Um, so most of the job that he was doing was that kind of holding the ball up job. Um, our midfield didn't really give him much to, to, to play with. But, um, you know, we didn't half hold on for that one again, didn't we? That's The clean sheets are 
um, I, I, like I said to Gary in the in the uh, in the <clears throat> interview, the clean sheets are important, aren't they? Um, apart yeah. from that, which Gary calls a strange result uh, at Maidenhead when they scored four, we've not really let in many goals, even in the games that we've lost. No, that's true. That's true. And Lucas Kovalan is, is playing a huge part in yeah. that at the moment. He's playing with great confidence by the look of him. He's catching crosses, holding on to them, dominating his box. And his um, distribution is very, very good again, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, long may it continue. I mean, you know, we, we, we know, don't we, that, that it could be either Lucas or Sean and goal at any time. Um, either yeah. one of them seems to fit the scenario that we're in at the moment. Um, I think maybe uh, Lucas has got the nod because he's a bit more of a physical presence, I think. I think that's probably yeah. the only reason coming up against uh, some wily old National League strikers and, and midfielders. I think uh, you need that. Or defenders even at, at, at corners and set pieces. Yeah. Um, but, that, you know, we're, we're, we're gifted. We're, we're, we're lucky to have been sort of picked up two, two really decent goalkeepers before. We've said about it in the past, haven't we? It's been a long time since we've had two, two goalkeepers that are interchangeable. When we, yeah, we, you know, we've, had, we've had five goalkeepers on the, on, in the squads this, 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 uh, this season. Three have played. Yeah, four have played because Hammond came on, didn't he, for a, for a short yes, while? Yes, yeah. Yeah, he did. So uh, yeah, that'll be one for the uh, the talking United quiz books. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Poor, poor old Nick Collins continues to sit on the bench when needed and has never had a, a chance to play. Now he's young, you know. He's uh, he's talking youth team goalkeeper. I think um, I think he knows he's not going to get on, and you'd uh, uh, only ever get on if there's a, a, a bad injury. Uh, and then and then he'd only be on to finish off a game before. Uh, uh, Gary went looking for a replacement uh, uh, after. So, um, good yeah. Experience. But good experience for him. Yeah. Sitting on the bench for Talk yeah. United at uh, his age, what, why not? Absolutely. So, let's move on a little bit to the Wrexham game then and a couple of more injuries now. Benji Kimpioka. Yeah. Who, uh, I like the look of him against Woking. He yeah. wanted the ball the whole time. Um, and when he's got the ball at his feet, <clears> he's got a bit of a trick in him. He's got some pace. He's got a step over, you know, he, he looks decent and he wants the ball. He does, and I'm surprised he horrible, hasn't scored yet. I have a horrible feeling we might not see him for a while, though, because he went off with a hamstring injury at Wrexham. He did. Now, he came to us after a long hamstring injury that did kept him out of uh, stuff at, at Sunderland. Um, yeah. uh, he, he, he wanted to be on the bench for the, the Papa John's Trophy final, so that happened, and then he came to us. Um, after after recovering from a hamstring injury, now Gary reported to me on Tuesday that it's, it's the other hamstring, so uh, it doesn't seem to be Not a sure that's good or bad. well yeah. exactly. I mean it's good if it's just a pull and not a tear, or if it's a tear, not a bad tear. Um, obviously, it's bad if it's a bad tear and uh, it's the same, but the other hamstring. What's good about it not being the same hamstring, of course, is he hasn't he hasn't flared up an old injury, which can sometimes take you out the game longer than the original injury did. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I, I think he's probably gone home to Sunderland. I don't know that, but just just for their their physios to to have a look at the situation and do the tests, etc. Um, so whether we see him again, is it going to be one of those that we we'll remember fondly yeah. for for three games? Free appearances. 
Yeah, I did like the look of him, and it'll be a shame if we don't see him back again. But got to get that injury sorted. Um, Connor Lemonhay Evans also um, got himself a knee injury, but we think that might just be a bit of a stinger. It was, than a yeah. Injury. It was a bang of kneecaps um, by by all yeah. accounts. Um, now we know Connor's quite a hard hard young man, um, and uh, he goes down more often than he should maybe sometimes but on this occasion he he clashed kneecaps with a uh it was an accidental clash uh with uh one of the um, Wrexham players and stayed down for quite a while didn't he uh, during which time Gary says by the way um he was able to talk to his his players and tell them yeah. uh what was going on in the other games in a, in in the fact that that Hartlepool were, were losing at the time and Sutton was still only drawing Notts County, I think, were, were losing as well. Um, and he, he relayed that information during Connor's time down on, on, the, uh, on, the, on, on the field. Now, Connor did go off, uh, so it obviously hurt. Uh, whether or not it's just a bruise and he'll get over it, or whether or not it's just a bruise and he'll have to give it a couple of... He'll have to give it a game off to, to get over it, we shall see. But um, without... Uh, belittling the injury or the pain that it might have been, I wonder how how long he would have been on uh, down had Gary not wanted to talk to his players. He did go off, so it wasn't injury, but maybe he, maybe it was an extended uh, stay on the pitch uh, um, tactics. Don't, don't, the goal, don't the goalkeepers usually go down? Yeah, that? I've told this story before, but um, years and years ago, when Jason Reese, uh, not Jason Reese, um, Jason uh, David Priest went down with an injury in a away game. I think it was Southend all those years ago. And I, I, yeah. I and it was about five minutes to go, ten minutes to go. And I, he got on the coach and I said to him, how are you? And he went, oh, I'm fine. I was just playing for time. <laughs> as if as if game management was <laughs> ruthless as that. I can't believe that ever happens. Never, in the, uh, never. In the beautiful game. No. But uh, there you go. So, I mean, that's, that's the two games, the six points taken care of. And the great thing about Wrexham, of course, is that we kept going right to the end. A 93rd minute goal, a goal in Gary time, scored by um, one of the unsung heroes of the season, really, isn't it? I mean, Sam Shering has played in pretty much every game. He had a little, I think he missed one game with an injury earlier in the season. Apart from that, he's been ever present. He's got three or four goals and they've all been important ones, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. He he is. Uh, been one of the mainstays, hasn't he? Managed to manage to avoid injury when everyone else around him was falling yeah. week by week. Um, uh, he has been consistent at the back um, yeah. uh, with with different fellow defenders as well. He's had to get used to different people alongside him. He's also played uh, full back when needed. Um, he's, yeah. You know, at the moment, you you you'd go. You'd think, well, is he is he worthy of, of player of the season? Because I think, especially when you look at the clean sheets that Torquay have had, and 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 not necessarily the clean sheets, but only letting in one goal when they were playing pretty poorly, when uh, when, yeah. when 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 they were losing, I think he's done marvellous. And 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 you know the smile on his face when that ball went in, uh, it was a great strike. He had to dig it out. Um, he was slightly beside it rather than in, behind it. So he had to get his foot behind it to, to get the power on it and it caught the goalie, didn't it, and, and, and went in, which was fantastic. 93rd minute, you can't... You, you couldn't write it, Guy. You couldn't write it. You could not write it. It was a double nutmeg as well, wasn't it? It didn't go, go through two players. I it think. might well have done. I, I I think it's worth saying, and I said this to Gary, that um, 
when the ball came into the box at that moment, it was Billy Wright's bring down of the ball with his foot. The, Billy Wright? The Billy Wright. Billy Walters. I've got, I've, I've got a hybrid going on. <laughs> I've got a Billy Walters-Danny Wright hybrid going on. Um, Billy Walters bring down with his foot. Um, it was an, it, the ball came in at an awkward position, and he managed to get his foot up, and and his, his touch was brilliant to bring it down in front of um, Bowden, whose original yeah. shot was then parried, um, uh, and that's when it popped out to to uh, to, to Sam Sharing to, to hit. It was it was Amani Little's birthday, wasn't it? And at first at first glance, because I was watching it on the small screen of my laptop. I thought it was Amani Little and I thought I had my headline all wrapped up and ready to go. And then I realised it was Sam Sherring. But I'm delighted for Sam Sherring. Absolutely. Absolutely. And keeping going right to the end, which we were doing early in the season. Uh, and we did up at Weymouth, funnily enough, um, on December 28th. Yeah. Late goal there. We were getting late goals early in the season. I'd be very happy to see us going back to getting a few late ones too. That game at Weymouth was a strange one, wasn't it? Uh, were we three nil up and then it was three all or was it? No, we were no. certainly we were certainly three one up. Yeah, three got... one up. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. then it was three all of a sudden, and uh, Connor Lemonay Evans uh, managed to score the winner. But we let in that that yeah. There's there's not been many examples of us letting in that amount of goals this season, has there? No, no, that's true. Let's have a look at Weymouth then. The uh, the opposition on Saturday. They're twentieth. At the moment, in, they're in a theoretical relegation place, although, of course, they won't be relegated. If they're 20th, Guy, you know that um, that preview that I, uh, that I sent you earlier on to put on the web uh, tomorrow? Yeah. Can you change it from 18 to 20th? <laughs> I, will, I will double check. Yeah. I've got that. <laughs> I'll take a little look at that. Um, but, I mean, they are not... I mean, like you say, they've, they've drawn their last... Have they drawn their last three games? They, they, they've... They've done pretty they, well. They, 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 of the last five games, they've won two, drawn one. Their last yeah. game, they got beaten by Halifax um, on Monday. So they're not going to want to be turned over by the local rivals, Torquay. Uh, no. They're going to be tough to beat. They were tough. It was a sparky game on December 28th, wasn't it? It was quite lively. Yeah. Um, they had fans in the ground and they yeah. didn't... Um, they spent most of the uh, the afternoon winding up the talky oh, players. Oh, that's right. I remember now. It was a bit ugly. Some of what you could hear, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was so you know, there's there's no great love lost between the two teams. Weymouth will want something out of Saturday's game. Uh, um, I think that ups the ante for both teams. Really. But they are just they are just a small club near Dorchester, aren't they? <laughs> will you be singing that to your <laughs> television? On, uh, I might be now. Saturday yeah. Afternoon? Yeah. Conor Lemonhay Evans, of course, got the winner. That was an 87th minute goal that won it 4-3 up there on December the 28th. Uh, over the years, we've played them seven times in all competitions. We've won five, drawn one and lost one. Uh, first played them in November 1960, can you believe? An FA Cup tie that we won 3-1. Mm. I'm surprised we haven't played them before that, but... That, that appears to be the first wow, one. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Julian, for there's such a long <coughs> list of people who played for both teams. Well, there's some Brett big Williams. names in this, isn't there? There is. Brett Williams, of course, has played for pretty much every team we ever play. He's played mm. for Sutton as well. We'll come to him in a minute. Um, but yeah, Brett Williams played for Weymouth. Just a few of the big names. Uh, Tim Sills, of course. Paul Buckle. 
Uh, Steve Tully played for both John Impey. Derek the Dude Dawkins Woo-hoo! played for both John Turner, Mickey Cave, Frank O'Farrell, wow. of course, and, and the great Tommy Spratt. Yeah, of course. Both. Yeah. The yeah. great Tommy Spratt, who we got from Weymouth. He'd been on the books at Manchester United. We got him from Weymouth in 1965. He played to Torquay for a couple of years before going off to an illustrious career at Workington. Oh, the, uh, beautiful. Jumpers the, for goalposts, fabulous, eh? The fabulous, fabulous Tommy Spratt. And, of course, Stuart Morgan managed both teams. Yes. Stuart Morgan was the Weymouth manager before he came to us. Yeah. Or was it the other way round? No, he I came from Weymouth. That. He came from Weymouth, like like Franco Farrell did. There we go. So you know, a long history with Weymouth. They've got a nice little ground they've got there as well, and they will be tough opponents. On yeah. Sunday. Anybody who thinks they're just going to roll over and um, let us put four or five past them um, may be in for a bit of an awakening on Saturday. I think that's going to be a tough, tough game. We are in strange times when these uh, when we play these teams at the bottom end of the table because. As we said before, they have nothing to lose. They cannot go yeah. down. In a, in a normal season, you would be playing these teams knowing that they are they are fighting for their lives. Now that could be a double-edged sword. Now, couldn't it? You you either you're either playing with freedom and because you don't care if you lose because you can't go down, or you're playing below yourselves because you don't care if you lose because you can't go down yeah. uh, I, I just, I'd just be interested to see which ones turn up it's a very strange one I suspect there'll be a, quite a feisty Weymouth will turn up I imagine they'll be uh, looking forward to this quite a lot so um, Josh yeah, McCoy Josh McCoy has been injured for the last two games and I like him he was good when he was on loan with us and he's made yeah. a home for himself there and he scored six goals I believe five or six goals for them but he is injured. Uh, he hasn't played the last two games and I don't expect him to have recovered from his ankle injury in time for, for Saturday. So that's good news anyway. Not for him, obviously, but for us. <laughs> OK, and then Sutton on Tuesday. Gander Green Lane, the plastic pitch up there. And they're talking train on plastic a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to be such a, a, a huge shock to them, but it's, it's not like playing on grass. It's different. Uh, they'll have to take that pitch up <clears> if they um, if they get promoted. Yeah. Because they won't be able to play in League Two with a plastic pitch. Um, like, what do you think, Bo? What are your thoughts on plastic pitches, Richard? Are you a traditionalist, or do you think it's the way forward? A good quality plastic pitch. I am a traditionalist. However, I do understand why teams might have them at this level because they can generate quite a lot of of. Um, finance from the community you know with people using the pitch when uh, when they wouldn't be able to use a grass pitch because obviously it does damage to it so there is a balancing act isn't there and i i think i'm in favor of the fact that yes you can win promotion to the football league with a with with a plastic pitch but you've then reached that level when you have to make a decision whether you're a football club uh, in a community or a football club for a community. Okay, yeah, take, take your point. Take your point there. I mean, it is with with ground sharing, which in some ways is the way forward for a lot of teams. It, if we'd had a plastic pitch in the season when Truro uh, came and played at Playmore and helped turn it into a paddy field <clears> by the middle of the winter, it wouldn't have been an issue, would it? They could have played on it to their heart's content, and it's um, you know you, you just as you say the revenue comes in from uh, two teams using it, and also local league cup finals. Yeah. The schools can use it. Yeah. Groups can use it. Anybody can use it. And and that's absolutely brilliant. 
However, there are plastic pitches around here for, for community to, to use. And in, yeah. a no, in normal yeah. circumstances, and when we've had, uh, maybe not this regime, but previous regimes, you then don't have the big glory of playing your, your South Devon League final at Plainmore. Do you know what I mean? It's no longer yeah. the big pitch yeah. it was. It's no longer the Wembley of South Devon. There is a kudos in playing your finals. Yeah, play more. I know that's I know that's unfortunately not happened so much in recent years. But you know, in the past when it has happened, it's been a great thing. Mm. <clears throat> Everybody can remember the one or two times they've played on uh, <clears throat> on the pitch at Playmore. I can remember both my goals. <laughs> You've scored at Playmore. I didn't. Twice. I've played, but I haven't scored at Playmore. Twice. Well, there you go. What I could I could talk you through them, is. but I'm not going to. <laughs> can you talk? You, you're one of those people like me. You can talk people through almost every goal you yeah. scored. I've got one scored, so, so, scored, I could talk you through that. <clears throat> scored so little goals in my lifetime that um, I can remember exactly yeah. how I did each one. Um, the, the first one, by the way, might have been a bit offside, um, but no one pulled me up on it, so I was fine. Well, the one I got last night, I might have been running a little bit, but oh. if I, if we, if you don't tell anybody, I won't tell anybody. No, exactly, exactly. It's good to hear you're back doing the old uh, walking football, though. Yeah, back on again. Um, the the trust are getting some games going for us old boys and also for for the kids uh, down at Peyton Academy. It's good to see you know so many people getting together. It's good to see so much football getting played. Yeah. Um, you know, all very safely, of course. You know, yeah. everybody is um, turning up at the last minute. They don't want crowds hanging around. You know, people are, um, are making sure that everything's done safely. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's good to be back. Very good. Very good indeed. So tomorrow night, there's a big event for Talking United fans tomorrow night. A bit, of, a bit of a curtain raiser for the match on Saturday. The Legends of the Buckle era. We mentioned this last week. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's acquired another legend. In the meantime, has it? Uh, Paul Buckle himself taking part. Good stuff. Bucks it would have been a shame if uh, Legends be, of the Buckle area didn't actually feature Paul Buckle, wouldn't it? No, that's very true. Very true. Be interesting. A lot of people, when when you um, booked your ticket, there was the opportunity to uh, to put a question uh, for the panel to answer, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of questions people do come up with. I mean, it was a very successful time that uh, Bucks had, and yeah. then it ended quite abruptly. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what the take is on, on all of that. Um, a lot of interesting people involved in that. If you haven't caught up with it yet, we've got Mansell, Nicholson, Gritton, Sills, Helen Chamberlain is there, Alex Rowe is there, Paul Buckle is there, and I'll have forgotten somebody again. But uh, you can still get a ticket. Look up for Legends of the Buckle Era on social media. Uh, it's going to be good. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. No, that's, that sounds good. And talking of ex-goals, we haven't got an exhaustive list this week, but a couple of interesting ex-goals in amongst the scorers. Tyrone Marsh got one for Boreham Wood against Hartlepool. Sean McGinty, we'd forgotten him. Mm. He's up at Morton, Scotland, and he scored a penalty as uh, to win the game, actually, as Morton beat East Fife by two goals to one. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad to see he's playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, saw Mark Ellis playing, actually. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got three goals so far for Notts County. He's gone there on loan. Uh, he scored as they beat Woking 4-2. Yeah. Um, good goal as well. Good goal, a sharp finish. I watched a bit of it. He was to him and he was, uh, he was on the spot. 
I watched a bit of the the Notts County Wrexham game, and yeah, it was interesting to see him playing. He's done well, done well indeed. Which I think brings us pretty much to the end of this week's podcast. Um, I do want to say something though. I mean, we've seen this week the news about Lee Collins, the mm-hmm. uh, the Oval skipper, um, who was found dead uh, in his hotel room this week. Absolutely tragic news, and, and talking and, and uh, Woking quite rightly had a minute silence uh, before the game on Saturday. Absolutely shocking. We'd seen Lee play um, for Yeovil a couple of times. Um, just goes without saying, people just just talk. Just you know, if you need to talk, find you know, make make a reason to talk to somebody. You know, the, the Yellow Army. We are family, as the song says. We're all one big family. If anybody who's listening to this is you know feeling the need to talk to somebody, just just reach out and do so. Even you know, if the worst comes to the worst, you can call us, ring, ring us, and. Um, <laughs> We'll be there to listen. We'll do his bit. Well, that's uh, that's spoiled the end of it. Uh, they've been so good, haven't they, during the whole whole podcast. I'm going to kick them out live on air. Hang on. There you go, okay, you do that. But while you're doing that, yeah, seriously, it's, uh, these have been difficult times for a lot of people. Um, and if... Um, if we can help in any way, you know where we are. It's all yeah, uh, the Yellow Army. It's all part of one big family. Isn't absolutely, it? absolutely. So I think the dogs have been pretty good today. Well, they were both. One was part. on. I don't know where Ernie is actually. He's asleep somewhere. One was on my lap, and one was one was asleep by my feet. So they, they during the whole podcast. So they've done pretty well. So they've managed to bark in the podcast and while I was talking to Gary this week. So uh, so they've done they, they they've done their bit for the podcast. One day we'll uh, we'll meet outside to do the podcast again, and the dogs can bark to their hearts' content. Well, if if, if, our if, listeners will hear. if we get this heat wave that we're being promised next week, or is it this week we're supposed to have it? I don't know. Then um, yeah, let let's get outside. We'll do it. Maybe next week yeah. we'll do a face to face podcast. That would be good. Yeah. And let's hope it's another six pointer, eh? If well, if if we if we are talking about being top this time next week, then brilliant yeah absolutely absolutely thank you very much for listening everybody looking forward to the weekend's games see you on the live stream and uh, we'll see you next week and as ever come, come on, on you yellows, yellows.